Today on Talk About That, John investigates his wife's bear sighting and can't remember if he's ever been in a hot air balloon. Meanwhile, I visit Topeka but miss out on the museum dedicated to their most famous daredevil and also get pushback from last week's comments about living in a harsh weather state. Plus, more facts from this week in history. Today's episode is not sponsored by Mops. When you've got a messy spill, smear it around with some wet yarn on a stick. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Let's go. Excited to be back for another episode, Johnny. I'll talk about that. It's your favorite neighborhood podcast. We can't be stopped. No, they've tried. No they one. They didn't try hard. No one cares enough to try to stop us. That's when you know you've, right? Yeah, I always when you get feel, real enemies. I always feel that I don't get enough opposition. I did get people. a note today from uh, uh, a listener about uh, our North Dakota comment about settlers. I use North Dakota as an example yeah. of a state someone might have settled in or oh. settled on. Mm. And one of my North Dakota friends and listeners. Uh, it took a, offense uh, to that. Oh, really? He said uh, that it keeps crime low and it keeps the riffraff out. The weather does. Oh, okay. So the those unaccommodating conditions is what he feels like makes North Dakota North Dakota because it makes people that might stay and cause problems. Yeah. The people who stay are hardy people. And I can see that. Maybe. Yeah. Or do they become embittered by the cold? I could make a case the other way. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it's, I have some material where I talk about different, you know, some of my materials about states I go to and I kind of boil them down. Yeah. And I think sometimes if you just take a clip of me going like, Hey, all hey, you people from Wisconsin are dumb. All, yeah. Like right. that's just, these are jokes. Like right. we're all the same. That's the whole point mm. of comedy is like everybody's. Everybody's state is lame in some way. Well, I love it when you go in somewhere. You you always like ask, hey, like, what's the city around here that everyone makes fun of? Right. So you can put it in the one. joke. Everybody right. has that in there. Yeah. yeah. Everybody has rednecks somewhere in their vicinity. Yeah. People that they go, don't go to that town. Whatever. Sometimes yeah. you're in that town, and that's fun when you're in that town too, because you can be like, hey. Yeah. I, sometimes I'll say we've been here since 4 p.m. and by 4:10 we had done everything there was to do. Yeah. In Udawa. <laughs> if you're listening from Oodle Wall, you know what I mean. 
Don't try to defend Udawah. No. Don't you dare. Isn't there an Etowah and an Udawah? There's an Etowah without, without the L. Right. Yeah. And then an Udawah. Yeah. There's Ultawah is how it's really spelled, but they call it Udawah. It but it's Ultawah. To, to his point, though, about North Dakota, South Dakota, and some of these other states that feel like uh, they have an unforgiving tundra at times of the year. Yeah. Even times that I've gone to Canada, I was in Saskatchewan, Canada one time, and it was it was 10 below. And literally they have uh, people who buy um, houses there. You have to put like an engine block warmer in your garage wow. or your car will freeze and it won't start. So that's just something that you have to have there. You go, oh, yeah, the garage, the house comes with the engine block. Uh, you have to have a heated climate controlled garage. Yeah. So anyway, those people... I've, without a doubt, 99 out of 100 shows that I do in places like that are amazing, and the people are amazing. So it's not even about the people. It's just you just go, if you're raised somewhere, all your people are there, and you're going to stay there. Most of the time, you stay wherever you were born. Yeah. Most people don't do that, don't leave. And so that's kind of the funny thing when somebody says, well, we settled, we whatever. <laughs> Why would you choose here, grandpa and grandma? Because you're kind of telling your, your ancestors that come after you that, like, Hey, this, this is where this is where be, we yeah. set up. Unless you want to just strike out on your own, <laughs> then you're you're kind of here. And so it's just kind of a fun. You're kind of uh, you're marking that those next generations, further generations for life. Like Sadie's probably going to be around Tennessee because she wants to be close to you and her. Ne- so if she decides to be like, no, I've decided Texas is for me. Well, now it's a you know it's a plane ride to ever get to you again. So she's made that you've made that decision for her in essence by choosing to stay here in Nashville, John. So I don't know if you feel the weight of that decision. I do feel the weight because where we live right now, our kids can't afford the way the housing market's going up. Yeah, our, it's getting crazy. Our kids can't afford to live where we live straight out of like college, like there's no or high school. So yeah. it's, that's a that's a thing. Like when you were in Knoxville, you could go find a yeah. And you know, I came out of here, you go find a cheap house somewhere or whatever. Like there's no cheap house. That's houses. hard to find even in Knoxville now. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. That's uh, we wanted to talk about that. We've we want to get into the housing market. Yeah, hey guys, let's, let's, let's talk switch about to, <laughs> uh, how about those rates, man. Let's switch to wow. economics and, Prime uh, and we know so much about it all. I know just enough. I do know this. There are cycles, Johnny. I think oh, okay. that this is an important part of life. Right. People, we, it's so easy to to okay okay. This is going to be the most. It's not political. I'm not. I'm not making political statement. Oh, no, Lord. I'm not. I'm Here not. Here we go. I'm not. But there's a there's a phenomena. Yeah. M. I guess it's phenomenon. a phenomenon. Phenomenon. In a, but there's a, a, there are phenomena. Yes. In this area. Right. And I'm sure it's around the country when gas prices went really high. Now, I'm not saying that the current president didn't do something wrong to make the gas prices go higher. I'm not saying that. Right. But people, there was this trend here. Well, gas prices were high worldwide, though. They still are. Really that was high. that was some point I it was going to make that it is true that they yeah. did go up in other parts of the world as yeah. well of which our president is not the president. I'm just making a statement. I'm not saying I'm for right any president or against. I'm just saying. And this feels like a lot of qualifiers. Well, you got to because you're like so. Anywho, yeah. There's a sticker. Uh huh. It's a picture of our current president. Right. With his finger pointed. Uh huh. And it says, "I did that." Right. And people started sticking them all over the gas pumps. Hmm. All around Nashville. Yeah. Did you see any of them? Oh, yeah, all the time. Yeah. You'd see every now and again, you'd see one that somebody had tried to peel off. So you'd see like half of Biden's face peeled. But I always wonder, like, number one, to your point, like, were there people in other countries that took stickers of Biden whenever their gas went up and put, I yeah, did that? I don't think so. I don't think so. I wonder why theirs went up. 
if he did that. And it's he, interesting that you don't see it anymore now that they're coming down. Well, that was my next thing. Like to me, and I'm kind of like a balance out the thing. Like, and again, even if I if I miss it, I try to call myself on it, or, right. or make it right. But if he's responsible, this is the hard part of of always blaming everything without any sort of knowledge of economic cycles or understanding how, right. you know, how inflation moves and ebbs and flows and those kinds of things. Yes, the current administration's affected. Also, Congress is in charge of the purse strings generally. So yes, right. there, there are political things involved in it. But by the way, I've never had a purse with strings. No. Johnny, I've never had a purse at all. <sighs> at any rate. Like, You've got to try it. I just feel like that if we're going to do that, we've got to put the stickers back up. Yeah. If it, if it, if he's responsible for it going up, then why is he not responsible for it going down? I don't know. Like I don't know if he's responsible for it at all to that level. I'm just saying, it seems to me like in order for it to make logical sense and to be balanced. Well, now it's I like people want don't want to give him credit until it goes down below where they there's some line in their mind. Of where like, they once it gets below two dollars a gallon, then we can. But even then, they'll be like, it was unforgivable that it ever got as high as it was. So I still hold him accountable. I suppose. Whatever. I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. I Look, I got a hybrid, and the reason is gas prices are very unpredictable, and I drive a lot. I drive yeah. probably thirty to 35,000 miles a year. That's a lot. In my car. So I drew, the first year I had this car that I have now, I drove 40,000 miles. And um, so I need a car that – so my car gets 50 miles to the gallon. And so gas prices, even though they can go high and it can affect me, but it doesn't affect me as much as somebody who's driving like a truck that gets 14 miles to the gallon or something. So that's one of the reasons I have a hybrid. It's just it, yeah. it's not even about – saving the earth although i do believe in trying to protect the environment but it's like more of like economically gas prices are a very weird place they are yeah Yeah, i mean it's like it's unstable yeah housing market same kind of thing yeah so i mean it's uh anyway that's your economic minute there you go from john and john talk about cash talk about (laughs) Uh, sorry dude we should have a show called talk about cash and uh your life and your money i think it was johnny cash probably like we just do a whole that's true we get yeah his family would come after us we don't need that yeah um, not again. No, not after the first never, time. Never, never again. It was <laughs> quite litigious. I was shot. So. It really is. Yeah. I, so here's interesting. So I was in Topeka and uh, did a show there uh, a couple weeks ago. And I go to these places and I've been going alone a lot now, which is such a bummer. I used to travel with my brother some and, and uh, Curry goes with me some. But it feels like a lot of these trips, there's not really – open for people to go with me either i'm flying on a flight that's not southwest so i can't take a companion for free Ugh. just the money's not as good so i can't whatever you guys so hard it is so i'm it's going by myself and it's kind of a lonely it is it's lonely so i don't feel as motivated to be like let's go out and find the city park and see if there's the cannon from the war that's in the park and the display of the whatever the statue of the guy sometimes i would do that if i had somebody with me i'd be like let's go check it out yeah. let's go to the museum or whatever now it's just like i'm gonna go get a mcdonald's bag and go to my room and just bleh, veg yeah. out but i did go for a walk in the walk i saw that topeka has a, a greenway and the greenway there's a sign right by the greenway that says you know whatever this landmark is for brown versus board of education i did not know that brown versus board was in topeka yeah they have a museum there it's the original school they have mm. a big mural mm-hmm. that's dedicated to like civil rights activism it's very well kept up. You can tell the city kind of helps fund it. It's very well kept up and beautiful. And it's got all these images of Martin Luther King and uh, Brown versus Board decisions. I think there was an image of Gandhi on there. There's like a lot of interesting wow. facts and figures and the numbers and, and quotes on the wall. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. But So I was walking there and um, evidently they've turned the old school into an exhibit now. It's like a museum. It uh-huh. wasn't open while I was there. So I was bummed I missed out. 
and didn't stay long enough to go see it that following Monday, I would have if I'd known. Yeah. I would have just added an extra day. But it was pretty neat. I know you've done a bunch of research for your book about Brown versus Board and everything. We didn't actually do a lot of Brown versus Board. Um, we we hit Civil Rights Movement for sure a lot. Yeah. But it's always fascinating. We were in St. Louis, you know, back in 2019. Yeah. And um, same kind of thing. We came upon it's no longer an active courthouse, but they restored, preserved. It's right there near the arch. Uh, and that's where uh, the Dred Scott case okay. was decided. Which what, Help me understand that one. I don't so remember that one. Basically, Dred Scott, so this is pre-Civil War, and this is when the Supreme Court ruled now. So they codified that Dred Scott was a slave who had – an enslaved person who had um, crossed state lines. Mm-hmm. And so they basically ruled that he has no – constitutional rights because he is black all right so because he's a black person the constitution does not give him any rights at all so he could not be set free wow you know that basically he was property so it it, again i think people kind of assume because of the three-fifths in the constitution and all those things that okay well they were always considered property you know kind of thing but it wasn't necessarily it didn't say black people (laughs) like it was talking about enslaved persons Uh uh-huh uh so you know, this was like ruled that hey, you know, basically, because he was, it it brought race more into it. I'm right. not sure it said don't for, don't quote me in the decision, but it it basically just stated that yeah, black people in America don't have constitutional rights. Wow. Um, and it it sort of you got recognize when it happened again. I think we talked about this before. There's this thing that the, the history books called uh, Negrophobia, mm-hmm. and it happened after the Nat Turner Rebellion in 1831, I think. When a slave in one of the Carolinas, I can't remember which one, maybe South, he rose up and some slaves like killed some white people to try to run away and, and gain their freedom. And it it created this hysteria across the country yeah. that was really stoked politically that this is why we have to maintain slavery. They're they're going to overthrow, you know, and take over basically our lands and our you know, and it, it was not happening on that level by any stretch of the imagination. It came even to Nashville. Uh, 18, there was a, I think like 18, mm, oh, Johnny. To guess. 56, I think. Sure. Like some called it a race riot, but there was, there were the deaths of, they were actually, because we were a huge center of ironworks. And so there were a lot of, of enslaved persons that worked in the ironworking industry. And there were these rumors that they were going to rise up yeah. And so, like, these vigilante groups were deputized, basically. It's really gross stuff. Like, nighttime watch and patrols. Oh, it's heavy, and man. There were lynchings and other things that happened there. So, like, most of the history books say it wasn't a full-fledged race riot, but it was, you man. know. So, all because of things. It's all that spin. I hate that spin. The same thing happened in Tulsa where he called the Tulsa race riots. Right. And, and it's clearly a Tulsa massacre. It's like, you know, now we know. Yep. Like, it was just this flat out like let's put out this this uh insurgence yeah of black success black wall street let's put it let's put this down and that way it'll it'll set the table back it'll well, set there, them back and it did and, and and i think the reason probably they were able to spin that was is specifically in tulsa you know there was uh they were holding a black man you know in custody yeah. and there was a white mob on their way to the courthouse to lynch him and that is when and there were a lot of um there were a lot, again, this was the Black Wall Street. I mean, there were a lot of, of educated, uh, you know, black 
businessmen, others who heard this, I and mean, they were not disconnected from what was happening in the city, and yeah. they did come to protect him. Right. So, like, they they went. So there was a show of force in terms of, hey, they knew this was about to happen. And then at that point, it just turned in. Instead of just trying to basically self, you know, it was self-defense of one of their own. It did turn into a, let's pull out the police and everybody. And and by the end, there's mass graves. I mean, like, they're, you know, and they burned basically their entire part of town to the ground and just murdered, I mean, hundreds of people. Yeah. And again, and they'll come after women and children and those, I mean, it's like, it's not, it's not like, it's not honorable war. It's like Nathan Bedford Forrest at, at Fort Pillow in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the black soldiers. Uh, Who had given themselves up. Yeah, they had surrendered and yeah. they were on their knees in the fort. I mean, there's rules of war, but right. because they're not considered human yeah. and to make a point that black soldiers shouldn't run away from, you know, run away from their masters in order to join the Union Army and try to be free. Yeah, they just massacred them on yeah. their knees with unarmed people. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just a very – it's gross stuff. Um, yeah, I'm glad that guy doesn't have a statue. Oh, wait, he did he had for a, many years. He had a bust in the Tennessee state capitol. See see, how, see what I mean? North Dakota, every state has some stuff, we stuff that man. we are not proud of. But the thing about that bust is – You've got bad weather. We had we some bad dudes. We had some bad dudes. <laughs> like, the thing about that bus that really gets you is the year it went in. Yeah. Do you know what year it went in? It was like the 80s, wasn't it? In 1978. 78, yeah. So, yeah. Over a You had years. time to correct this. <laughs> You're like, you know what? You know who we should honor in this 78? This is the time to honor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's insane. So, I'd let you know, yeah. And then it didn't come down until last year. Right. So, and now it's in a museum. But Bananas. it took from 1978 to 2000, I think, 21. It might have been 22. I think gotta, it may have not come out to this year. You know, it's one thing. Tolerance is its own thing. We got to be careful about what we celebrate as a culture, though. Like, what you celebrate says a lot about you. What oh, yeah. you honor says a lot about you. And it's just kind of – I think it's high time that we look at that and see, like, okay, man, what are we – I think statues of people are weird anyway. Yeah. Just the idea of, like – Oh, he did. A, he did some good stuff. Let's put a statue up w- while knowing nothing about skeletons in this person's closet. You know, but when you know the skeletons up front, sure. oh yeah, he massacred some people. Yeah, but come on, let's gloss over that. <laughs> it's weird. It's such a strange thing. It is strange, and I think that there's a place in culture to say you want a statue. You, you can like, guys, defend statues because you want one. Someone please give me a statue. Andrew and I were talking yesterday. I used to always, I used to joke with him whenever you making room by the Life Campus sign. Over by the, the sign, I wanted to put. <laughs> I wanted to put an atlas with like a yeah. statue. Of Andrew with like the world on his shoulders, yeah, you know, I mean, kind of thing. Sure, because yesterday he's all talking, ripped. Yeah, it was like that would be just he just laughs every time I say that. But I think there's like a place to say, hey, look, history. You're not ever going to find a figure in history, yeah, that doesn't have skeletons in their closet. So, like you said, what? But there are skeletons in the closet. This is not a sin issue per se. Here, we're not speaking about personal relationship with Jesus type stuff. We're talking about what of those. Um whether they're atrocities or other things like how do they affect the population as a whole? Yeah. How do they affect the nation as a whole? I, I remember the mayor of new Orleans. I will, I will never forget the speech that Laura and I watched when they tore down a Confederate statue there. And he gave this long talk. It was, it was very educational actually made it into not so black and white. Cause on it, he said that, oh, inscribed on here though, this was, wasn't about just like, uh, honoring the dead, uh-huh. Confederate soldiers. It actually said, this is in honor of the election of 1876. So this is, uh, 1876 is 21 years after the end, excuse me, 11 years after the end 
of the Civil War. Right. This is to honor the election of 1876 when, and these are the words it says, when white supremacy was restored to the South. Right. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And so what the, so that was the whole thing of like, guys, this whole idea. So that it's we're on just, the placard. Like it was yeah, engraved, it's engraved into it. Yeah. And it's been sitting there, I think since the 1890s, late eighties, maybe nineties. So for, yeah, we're not talking about oversensitive people like, Oh, these people are so sensitive now. It's like, that is a huge, can you imagine being a, a minority and reading that? Well, and that's what the mayor said. He goes, imagine a, a little black girl that lives in new Orleans. Right. And when she just goes to the park. Yeah. With her it mom, says you're not welcome here. Right. We're it's not whether whether or not you agree that white supremacy is still yeah as big of an issue in 2022 as it was in 1880. Mm-hmm. Whether or not you agree with that, just put that argument to the side for a second because I, I do believe there's things that have changed there. Sure. But it like you said, if in 2000, I think that was maybe 18 or maybe maybe a little earlier in in the mid 2015 era era. It's still being celebrated and protected. That's the issue. Yeah. It's like, what what are you celebrating and protecting yeah. when it, it is now a city or a culture in which multiple uh, you know, ethnic groups live? And, and so, yeah, it's a, uh, wow, Siri just started popping up here and she's trying to figure out she's what She's trying I'm to take saying. over. She's upset. A city or a city in which... Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. I don't know if you guys can hear that, but Siri's talking to me about race and multiple ethnic groups wow. now. I, you, I don't know what word I said. I don't know. Maybe it was city. And it's, I think you yeah, said maybe Siri. it was. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. You have, yeah, yeah. I, you've activated the, the NSA who is now listening in on our conversations, <laughs> probably. I'm listening to a documentary about uh, Air, uh, Edward Snowden mm-hmm. and the whole WikiLeaks and all that. And it's fascinating, the idea that. He was the whistleblower because post nine eleven Patriot Act, yeah. NSA started listening in on conversations of of Americans, not just prominent Americans. It was crazy, not just terrorists. It was just like he found all this out and decided he couldn't, in good conscience, participate anymore. Yeah. Snuck out all this stuff, and he's still on the run. I guess I'm listening. I'm not, I haven't listened to the end of it yet, but I think he's still uh, an exile. Wasn't he in North Korea for a while? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I know Assange is another guy who did some stuff like that. So they get confused for each other a lot, Julian okay. and Assange. So it's like there's these guys who it's like you go, okay, is he a, is he a is he a rogue? Is he a hero? It's such a strange did thing. Did you say he rogue? He's a hero is what he is. <laughs> By the way, so our buddy uh who listens all the time uh sent me a message about our rogue cop movie. Okay. And uh the dog, you know, the dog cop who uh-huh. you know goes rogue? Yeah, maybe he be- even becomes, you know, a drug dealer. Right, gets put in prison. Maybe what would that be called? We couldn't think of a name. I was put on the spot. You know, sorry, I wasn't feeling it that day. Oh my gosh, he was like, his was like, uh, all dogs go to Leavenworth was one, <laughs> and then the best was the Paul Shank Redemption, which, <laughs> Dude, guys, well done. Yeah, well done. Yeah. So the Paul Shank Redemption. Yeah, Johnny. Yeah. He did. See, I like, I like, I love a good wordplay. Yeah. 
So look for that later on. Yeah. It won't be Pixar or Disney. It'll be one of those. It'll be a side right. company. One of those. One of those will It'll be like, did you draw this on the back of your, yeah, it's not yeah. great. It'll be that. It'll be yeah. low budget, a low budget animated oh, film. As low as the budget could go. Yeah. Yeah. But look for that later. Okay. So I'm in Topeka. Here's another thing I found out as I'm leaving. Go ahead. Do you know the name of the, do you know the name of the court case that? first codified separate but equal that term I, now that Brown I thought was it was born. codified for so long it's not codified it's codified I've always heard codified even though we say code we say codes but it's codified that's correct. it's a law yeah it was called Plessy versus Ferguson oh, okay that was 1890s and that's when separate but equal because okay. now you had an amendment that's that actually protected the 14th amendment actually protected supposedly yeah um civil rights on a, on a level and now they, the Supreme Court found a way to say, but functionally, segregate. You can protect that as long as we segregate. Right. Of course, that's separate drinking fountains, separate in the middle restaurants. Of Jim Crow when it's not equal. Right. But that's how the Supreme Court ruled on it. And so that's what Brown versus Board of Education right. basically overturned. Right. Tennessee versus Ferguson. So now you can say, no, that's no longer allowed. So, yeah. Yeah, I need to do more research. I'm very fascinated by it. And just to think that it's only a couple of generations ago that we were dealing with this stuff and people were, yeah, it's fascinating. But I'm leaving uh, Topeka and I'm there that night maybe. And you know, you look on your map and you're like, how do I get to the airport? And literally like five blocks from me is a museum. You know what the museum was for? What? Evil Knievel. No way. Evil Knievel, evidently, must be. There's no way. Why would he pick Topeka otherwise? It's got to be his hometown. Wow. Sorry, Topekans. I mean, I'm just saying, like, when you're thinking about, like, you know where I want to put my museum? Topeka Nights. (sighs) Those hot Topeka Nights. Everybody remembers those. (laughs) Never forget those. Anyway, it must be. Did you go? I didn't go. It was closed. And I had to fly out the next morning. So now i got to make a whole trip back to Topeka just to research Brown versus Board some more. And then take a trip over. Those, that'll be a very diverse day. Yeah. 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 You're going to yeah. you know, feed your – is it way back to that feed your flesh, feed your spirit thing? Could be. There's two wolves inside, <laughs> inside of, you, of you, and one of them wants to see a guy jump over some buses, <laughs> and one of them longs for a, a society full of harmony and love. Wow. Uh, feed the second wolf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait. The, yeah. Can the wolf be good? To say there's two wolves inside, I there's suppose, two yeah. wolves inside of us, and Evil Knievel wants to jump over both of them <laughs> while they're on fire. <laughs> Wait, don't set them. <laughs> By the way, my wife thinks, yeah, that she saw that she ate a wolf. She's she, like, John, guys, I don't know what's don't going know on what today. This was. I don't feel good. <laughs> I may or may not have eaten a wolf. She thinks she saw, yeah. a small black bear in Mount Juliet. Oh no. Like, did she have her glasses on when she's on? Um, I don't want to. I don't want to besmirch anyone's <laughs> vision, or I don't want to get ageist on anybody. Let me look up right now and see: <laughs> Are there black bears in Mount Juliet, Tennessee? Um, is this post Ambien? What? <laughs> give me an idea of what time of night this was. Now, did this? This says it's possible there has been a cougar. Uh, numerous cougar sightings in Tennessee, but none east of Nashville. But I actually saw from yeah. this window, uh-huh. no, from the upstairs window, I saw because a mountain lion and a cougar are the same animal. Oh, I, are they? We really? have this. Yeah, we have this huge, like I think panther. No, panthers different. Mountain lion, <laughs> mountain lion, cougar, cougar, and lion and tigers are all the same. We're animal. just experts on everything. Today. Economics. So, we got Jack Hanna coming on later. He's going to bring <laughs> some rare birds. But I've seen out here. So we have this huge window and all this property back here, and uh-huh. so you see all kinds of wild. Like you'll see like hawks, you know, nose dive in and bring out a 
rat or a snake or a field mouse. I mean, Sheesh. I, and there's deer all down here and stuff. Like you're because they wild can't, out here. You're up so high, they don't know you're watching, Johnny. No, boy, they don't know. Come on, won't and that so, breach? And I saw, I saw a mountain lion go down around the bus area down there. And oh, I yeah. ran down there and he was gone. And I was going to confront him. There was a black bear spotted in Clarksville. A spotted black bear? Oh my <laughs> gosh, this is rare. <laughs> <laughs> that was a skunk. Um, no, I, I. Well, there's a picture here. Oh She's, no, that's a big one. But she thought she saw a little one. Yeah. So, well, if there's a little one, that means mama bear somewhere. Um. Yeah. So I. I here's the thing. I stand by my wife. Sure. And through sure, thick sure. and thin, and it would not surprise me if you could had see she had one. a couple of trulies. So. <laughs> were we? Is it funny how a couple of trulies keep it from being truly? Yeah. You know, she, so like, hey, truly, I don't truly, know. Truly, I got no idea what I saw. <laughs> no idea what I saw. Uh, no, I mean, there, I know that there is a large, in that field we always laugh, it's right across from that little Methodist church sure. there, the historical Methodist uh-huh. church there. And uh, there's always over in that field, mm-hmm. there's this groundhog. I mean, huge groundhog. So right. she didn't, it wasn't that, because it was black. But um, these, this groundhog, hangs out there and I always make the joke like well we still well, look for our groundhog he's always there uh-huh. and occasionally he'll be over in the Methodist church's yard and so I was like well there's our Methodist groundhog oh, like, you so know, he's, he's a Methodist yeah, like, he likes to hang out he's super religious denominationally pious. very loyal yeah, yeah very pious, yeah, very groundhog. pious. does a lot of good work in the community well, that's neat always builds a school before he builds a dam wait that's a beaver he's liturgical uh, he calls and there's a response from other animals other animals in the area yeah yeah, he called and they answered because it's just a, you know, one of those. I'm trying to think of liturgical things that Methodists say. They don't say and also with you, do they? They say and also with you? I'm not sure. Uh, forgive me, Methodist listeners. I'm not sure. Because we've done of, some call and response prayers from. Yeah, we do some liturgy book, here. Uh, yeah. Book of Common to, Prayer. Right, Book of Common there's Prayer. Like, there's all kinds of modern liturgy books that yeah. are out that are amazing, too. Uh, I find this better sometimes. For some people, they want to know you're doing liturgy. Yeah. Like I did a blessing the other day. And right, from, like a benediction, as it, was it were. A, it was from a book, actually, I have it right here, called To Bless the Space Between Us by John O'Donohue. Uh-huh. So he's Irish, and um, he, like, it was just a beautiful, it was a, and I did a whole blessing for the interim time. I did a whole message on hearing God's voice in grief and trouble in our life, you know, and, yeah. and it just, and there's this blessing he does for like life in the interim time. In fact, I need to read this one part, just okay. this one part. It's kind of long, but... Uh, the one part will be short, but he talks about, um, cause it, when Laura first read it to me, I was like, oh my gosh, like it, it caused my mouth to drop, uh, and for me to stop talking for a moment, which is a big, big deal. Yeah. That's huge. So, yeah. She was like, Man, you're not saying anything. What do I got to read to like, get you to uh, shut up? Uh, yeah. Uh, it's going to be worth it here. Hold on. Let me just go to the table of contents. I can edit this too. I guess. Oh wow, my a gosh. John. So for... The interim time, page 119, and here we go. And so he's talking about, like, the time that you, you can't get things to move any faster than they are. Now I can't read numbers. Uh, when near the end of day, life has drained out of light, and it is too soon for the mind of night to have darkened things. No place looks like itself. Loss of outline makes everything look strangely in between, unsure of what has been or what might come. In this wan light, even trees seem groundless. In a while, it will be night. But nothing here seems to believe the relief of dark. And this is where it gets me. You are, in the ti- you are in this time of the interim where everything seems withheld. The path you took to get here has washed out. The way forward 
is still concealed from you. Mm -hmm. The old is not old enough to have died away. The new is still too young to be born. You cannot lay claim to anything in this place of dusk. Your eyes are blurred and there's no mirror. That whole like, like the path you took to get here is washed out. And the way forward is still concealed, and the old is not old enough to have died away. The, the, the new is right. going to be born. Like it just, take hold of the present, or else. Yeah, you can't do anything. Right. Yeah, you can't move. You can't. You can't put the old away yet. And mm-hmm. You can't grasp the new, dude. It. And I think that's how it feels to be in grief sometimes. You know, like you're or in a place of again interim, and we don't know what to do there. It's it's a hard hard place to be. Um, I feel like I've been there in a lot of things i think even through COVID, a lot of people felt that yeah like you can't push this forward any faster and you also can't go back to the way things were <laughs> like you can't right like, you can't, can't pretend it didn't happen right you can't just grasp anything you're gonna yeah, have to just live it. so anyway. definitely changed us yeah man. it's almost like a peeling away that's what i that's what i feel about the pandemic there was like a peeling away of people's allegiances and personalities in some ways and my own i felt it you know you you kind of it exposes what's important to you. I remember when Curry lost her job, we had moved here and she had a job and she was fired. Her boss kind of lied about her so that she couldn't get unemployment. And we were just like, and I just started doing comedy part-time. I was working here part-time. I'd lost my health insurance by going to part-time here. And it was this real, like, what are we going to do? And we just kind of closed ranks. We're going to figure it out. We'll cook, we'll clip coupons. We'll blah, blah, blah. We'll figure it out. And we did. And it was a very galvanizing time for our marriage. Yeah. I felt like the pandemic had that same effect in those first months where people were just like, let's figure this out. We'll get through it. And as far as financially, it felt similar to me because a lot of my income was taken away. And it was um, – you kind of decide what your values are in the time of crisis like that when yeah. it's unclear what is around the bend, you know. And I've not really forgot that feeling. I think I'm more appreciative now of what I have, you know, than I used to be. Hope so, anyway. That's interesting. That's a great story because I think almost all marriages, if you've been, you know, we're coming up in our 22nd. Mm-hmm. You just passed your 27th. Seventh. Yeah. yeah. And I think that there, you all, we can look back. I know certainly when Laura was in the hospital. And again, it's the whole idea of the crucible, you know, when, when this heat is applied. And I think that's what was hard about the pandemic as well. It may also reveal things. Things come to the top that don't need to be there. Yeah. So there are some good things that are revealed in that heat. And then there are some other things that need to be thrown away, you know, that you scrape off the top. So it did reveal a lot about our fears, our divisiveness, how quickly we can turn on each other, uh, how we can make tribes so quickly. Right. Even within our own families, we can turn our back on people who see the world differently than us. That's the that's the bad part that I think we're still grappling with of how to throw we need to throw that away and not pretend that what came out of that crucible was what we need to preserve. Like that's actually the part that should be proving to us no. Yeah. That that's that's bad. And so then what is good about it, you know, um is also revealed. So interesting. I don't know. Well, you know what we didn't do today, we need to do it really quick before we close the show, is uh this week in history, a segment that we like to call Talk About Then. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, well, you know this one, but uh, it looks like uh, the first bank in Hawaii opened this week in 1858. Oh, yeah, of course I knew that. The Hawaiian, um... the first bank. Federal batteries and ships bombarded Fort Sumter in Charleston. That's, you, big now that's U.S. history. You, you're all about that. That's 1863, John. Yeah. You probably already knew the date. 
Wait, they. Do you know the year? 1863, federal batteries and ships bombarded Fort Sumter in Charleston. That's what it says. Oh, federal. This is this is them retaking Fort Sumter then. Oh, they, right. They, okay. Originally was 1860. I'm pretty certain. Okay, so you were, I was three years off for you. Is that what you? Yeah, because it was the Confederates that fired on Gosh, Fort Sumter. You, you know so, so much to start the Civil War. Yeah. Wow. Uh, let me see. I've got one here. The Wizard of Oz opened at Lowe's Capitol Theater in New York. Wow. Which a lot of people think that the Wizard of Oz was a big hit because we watch it every year. Right. But it bombed at the box office. Wow. It was a huge failure. And then somehow, I don't know, I don't, there was some TV deal made where it started getting shown on TV. And that's when it created. It's probably one of the first movies to yeah. have that sort of like. It had a resurgence. Cross media type uh, promotion. Yeah. On that level. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure they were pay, playing. I wonder if there's been anything else like that. Like, I think uh, there's been movies that definitely became cult, cla- what you would call a cult classic. Right. Where video and then overseas markets made something a success that originally failed. Right. I prefer cult zero sugar. I've, I think it's. Yeah, you're right. The cult classic. It just never tasted like regular cult. No. You know? So anyway, sorry. Go ahead. I think uh, maybe that's what we would have been if we had just stayed as a band. We could have developed like a that kind of a following where people are like hey listen the world you don't like even it. get it because you don't understand i know the i know his vocals sound awful but wow that's... that was me not you oh i, like... <laughs> <laughs> I know he's ugly but give him a chance the songs are mediocre but inside them yeah you know. <laughs> uh indonesia gained their independence john oh wow uh this week in 1950 Dude, the, the the history. There's so much history in that part of the world that I'm just. I'll watch some documentaries every once in a while. But um, man, like, have you ever listened to? I think it was NPR's uh, through line on on Hong Kong, and they have one on Taiwan. Yes. I think as well. Like, there's just it's fascinating history that we just don't have a lot. Like, it that you know as 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 complex or more complex than the history we have in the West. But yeah. It's just crazy how we. Don't know it, Johnny. So maybe you should. Hey, now that you said that, we'll you do a whole episode on Taiwan if you'd like. There you go. Finally, 1978. This week, the first manned balloon crossing of the Atlantic Ocean. 78. Yeah. 1978. 1978. That's the first time a balloon. The first had manned the balloon ocean? crossing of the Atlantic. That Ocean. That seems backwards to me. That should have been like before the first airplane flew across the ocean. I don't know. Maybe they didn't we have enough. We could make balloons before we made all. They had. They had. Balloons. Have, you ever, have you ever been in a hot air balloon? Yeah. You have? I think so. No. I think I did as a kid. You did a hot air balloon ride as a kid, and you're just now remembering if you... I don't know if I blocked that out. I feel like I went up in a balloon. So our friends, uh, Jeff and Allie, he proposed, didn't he, in a hot air balloon? Yeah, he did. Well... These people who do these huge proposals make us all look bad. I always feel indifferent about it. I'm like, I love that you did that, but also it like... Yeah. I don't know. Of course, you had a very elaborate proposal, too. I did, but... You wrote a song, and... I wrote a song, and we went to Laura's church. We were going to play some worship songs and just sing, Johnny. And, <laughs> okay. Uh, just kind of hang out. And the out. ring was in the piano bench, right? When that had, the thing? Well, I forgot the ring. I drove all the way to her house. It was like an hour from my dorm okay. or from my house. And so I called our – who was it? Was it Finley who did this for me? I think it was. Could be. And I was like, dude, you got to get into the closet, get the ring, drive all the way to Sweetwater. It's like an hour. No. And, and then I had her dad and brother meet him at the exit while I'm on the date. So I faked all night that I was sick and I would go over and like 
page them and they'd call me on some pay phone. We didn't have cell phones. Sheesh. And like basically I had to make sure the ring had made it to the piano bench. And I finally got the signal. So I went in, sat down, played some songs. And all night I was like, man, this piano bench is crickety. She's like, yeah, it's old and stuff. I was like, man, it's really like I'm yeah. afraid it's going to break on me. So I was like, oh, I wrote a song. I played the song. And I, I don't. The song was probably awful, but no, you know, she, come on. She was crying, and it was you know, it was it was a real romantic song to her. Yeah, and I think I told her I'd never write a love song except for the girl's gonna marry. Like I had set that up. Like, oh, two years right. Early. And so then I was like, listen, I know this is a moment. I'm so sorry, but I gotta fix this bench. Like I'm afraid it's gonna break on me. So I got on one knee to fix the bench. Ah, uh, and then there's the ring. The ring, yeah. bada bing, the ring. She the said song. no, and then like six yeah. months later, I talked her into it again. Yeah, there's a great meme that says that shows like a couple. Uh, like on the beach, like staring into each other's eyes. And it said, the meme says like, uh, I asked this girl on a date 12 years ago for the first time, 10 years ago, I asked her to marry me. She said, no, both times. These, these people are not us. (laughs) It's just such a perfect. (laughs) Yeah. Laura did say yes, by the way. That's great. You did so good, John. And listener, we hope you've enjoyed our proposal of fine quality and free frankly entertainment if you'd like to frankly. if you would like to uh, help us search for black bears in mount juliet or listen to all of our archived episodes you can do so at talkaboutthatpodcast.com over 200 episodes for your enjoyment there you can find our link trees there mm. and go follow john's writings and you can follow my comedy uh, follow me on social media please do that my new dry bar special is out you can watch that free on drybarcomedy.com with the promo code johnny w j o n n i e W. Yeah. Yeah, we do encourage you go peruse the branches of the link trees. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff. So there. Many you can branches. find links to all other careful Johnny's the stuff. Tree. You can follow them social, man. It's a great place to go for that. Please do it. Yeah. You can see those in our show notes as well. There'll be links to all those. And yeah, use that promo code, man. Let's uh let's 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 push Johnny forward. I want so bad to go viral and not in a bad way. Yeah. Speaking of viral, I have shingles again. Did I tell you that? I'm so sorry, yeah, John. I'm trying to hear my face, but good thing It'll we be stopped gone. doing video. So That's true. Just in time. Hideous. So Two-Face over here. More hideous than before. Mm. Hey, but you know what, listener? We don't think you're hideous. We think you're wonderful. We appreciate all the time you give to us, and we'll see you next week. We're going to talk about that. Jesus wants our fears to launch us toward faith. Then he grins and says, Do you trust me? Because together, we can do this. With Mornings with Jesus, you can start your day in a positive way. Find hope through inspirational stories and scripture. Go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Mornings with Jesus. You can also download the Abide app for biblical meditations at abide.com.